Welcome to the Brand Community Podcast. Brand communities are the foundation of business growth. They build a human connection between brands and their customers, turn those customers into lifelong advocates, and ultimately grow your business. I'm Sam Heisel, a co-founder and managing partner at Knox, a digital agency that helps brands, artists, and entrepreneurs grow and convert communities online. And I'm Chris Whitman, co-founder of Crony, a creative agency that connects brands and consumers through powerful brand experiences. Every Tuesday, we'll be interviewing marketing leaders and community builders so you can walk away with actionable strategies to help your brand grow and prosper. Welcome to the show. Chris, how you doing today? Hey, what's going on, Sam? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm very excited for our special guest today, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chase Caprio. Chase helps run marketing over at Impact Theory. Impact Theory is on a mission to pull people out of the matrix at scale by giving them an empowering mindset. They do that by creating some of the best-in-class entertainment and educational content. Uh, it was founded by Tom Bilyeu and Lisa Bilyeu, who helped build and found Quest Nutrition, which came on to be, a, you may have had a Quest protein bar. They've gone on to be a, a truly a unicorn, $1 billion plus dollar valuation company. But then Tom shifted gears to launch Impact Theory. Uh, I think Impact Theory has quickly grown into one of the hottest digital media brands. They have some of the, the best shows on YouTube in the field of personal development. They're starting to venture more into uh, fiction-related content and have launched a comic book in partnership with Steve Aoki. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Tom, with Chase, back when I was working with Vayner Talent and Vayner Media. Uh, what to me has been so incredible is just the phenomenal ascent that they've had. They, they literally went from an idea around this brand to what's now over 5 million plus different followers across their collective social accounts and different community platforms. I, I think that's a testament to a lot of the different tactics that we talk about in this episode. I think some of the things that jump out to me, particularly in this episode, uh, the fact that they're so driven by such an empowering mission, not only does that rally the the team and the, the internal culture, but it gives people and supporters something to rally around. Also, just the, the tactics that they've used to drive this massive community growth. And last but definitely not least, can't reiterate this more than enough, but how they just try and lead with value, value, and more value, and really creating some of the most valuable content they can for their target audiences. What stood out to you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I love a Quest Nutrition Bar. Um, huge fan of that. So I was really excited to get to talk uh, and dive a little bit deeper into Tom's brand. I think, you know, to your point, I think it's going to be really interesting to figure out how they're actually diversifying beyond just a single uh, piece of talent. So that'll be really interesting. And then how they're leveraging different distribution channels to, uh, you know, c- capture those those audiences, capture their mindsets and, um, you know, catch them where uh, they want to be engaged. For sure. Before we jump into the episode, one last thing. Uh, Chase and the Impact Theory team have been gracious enough to offer up a discount code to the Impact Theory University. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur or looking to help yourself operate just at a higher level, do want to ch- encourage you to check it out, university.impacttheory.com. If you use the coupon code ITU10, you'll get uh, 10% off. And we'll also have this linked up in the show notes. So, uh, there you have it. Without any further ado, Mr. Chase Caprio. Chase, what's happening, man? How you doing today? Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me on. 
very excited to have you on. I know it's been a uh, really enjoyed collaborating with you back in the day and great to see that things are uh, alive and, and very well in the wonderful world of uh, impact theory, man. So excited to dive a little bit deeper into um, some of the, the kind of the analysis and decision making that goes into you guys. I know obviously uh, constant improvement is definitely a, a deeply embedded cultural value, not only from a personal development perspective, but from a company perspective. So with that said, I do think it'd be good to, for you to really establish a bit more context. I know Impact Theory and, and Tom have um, been doing a lot of different things. I mean, there's definitely, a, it's become quite the media ecosystem, if you will. So from your perspective, could you just kind of tell us a little bit about what Impact Theory is and what kind of community you're trying to build? Yeah, absolutely. Again, Sam, like uh, when I first started interning at Impact Theory, uh, we started working with Vayner. And I only had a year's worth of marketing experience under my belt, maybe less than that at the time. And when we were uh, you know, discussing on uh, how I can build my skill set, Tom and Lisa both pointed, hey, this Sam guy over here, he knows what he's doing and uh, talking about. So I definitely took some notes from you for sure yeah, on my marketing point. Really appreciate so that. So thank you for that. Of course, man. Thank you. So Impact Theory is a startup digital media studio whose sole goal is to pull people out of the matrix. And so what does pulling people out of the matrix mean? It basically means we want to give people a growth mindset. So uh, we have information interviews that Tom does where he interviews high-level achievers in business and sports to where he can extract their information from how they became successful and is able to distribute to the ecosystem. That's one part of the company. And only about 2% of the population roughly is able to assess that information and take it at face value. So if David Goggins uh, tells you to build this mindset, only 2% of the population can actually implement that. But the other 98% is where we really want to focus on and seeing who we can impact. And the only way we know how to do that is through narrative. So we're building this studio with uh, the goal intention to make movies and and uh, intellectual properties to impact people at scale. So movies we wish we made were The Matrix, Goodwill Hunting, uh, Shawshank Redemption, those kind of movies are just empowering and have that story arc. And we want to eventually create those kind of stories for ourselves and become the next Disney. So everything we're doing now is funneling into that end goal of impacting people at scale through narrative. And everything we do now is just sort of a stepping stone to get there. That's amazing. When it comes to the different types of um, content series, and I mean, what to date have been some of the, the most effective ways in, in nurturing and building that community? And I know it'll continue to evolve, but as far as looking back over the course of the past three, four, five years. Yeah. So Impact Theory is coming up on its fourth year anniversary in January, I believe. So we've been at it for a while. And our goals definitely do change as we grow as a company. So in the first few years, it was all about just building a community and building a brand for Impact Theory and Tom. So our work was value, 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 value. Tom is an experienced entrepreneur. He knows what he's doing in business. And a lot of what he talks about is basically how to build your mindset for success in business and also success just in life in general for uh, optimal happiness and enjoyment. So uh, adding value and giving value over and over again for years at a time, and we we're still doing that. So every week, Tom would go live for at least three or four hours answering questions from the community. This was back when Facebook Live and YouTube Live were really big. So we did that a lot. And Tom would do podcasts, AMAs, and he would interview guests and we'd have three or four interviews a week. So just adding a lot of value and just giving it away for free and putting it on YouTube, making it available to as many people as possible. So when people watch the podcast and then they 
uh, you know, actually implement some of these learnings in their lives, they can say, wow, impact theory really allowed me to access that information that allowed me to make that change. And that's ultimately the goal just value, 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 just give it out for free. Yeah, that's interesting. So value sounds like a lot of consistent output of content um, and, a, and a diverse array of content. Would you say that there are any other um, you know, important areas if, if you're a brand builder right now uh, that you should focus on in terms of building your community? Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, uh, giving value, I think, is probably the 80% of what people mm-hmm. should focus on now. And the 20% is all the other stuff like Instagram comments, at least in my opinion. Uh, yeah, as long as you have good content out there that you're putting out and adding value, like I think that's really the biggest thing because I see a lot of people who are running these email marketing funnels who are going straight for the sale and they're struggling with their funnels and they're struggling with building an engagement, engaging brand. And whenever I kind of consult some of the people in our space who are doing that, it's like you really got to start start with a free class, like make it four or five hours long, just blow them away with value make them can't believe they're getting this for free. Like I should be paying $500 for this. I'm getting it for free. This is unbelievable. Wonder what else this person has. So I, for me, that's like a big focus. And I think a lot of people in, at least from what I've seen kind of overlook that because they want to eventually like, well, I want to charge for my time and I want to pay like $90 for this class before I can give it out for free. But my whole shtick is that like, just give it out for free uh, and make sure that you're adding value above everything else. Yeah. For sure. So I think one other thing that's been really interesting, and I mean, obviously providing value, there's lots of different ways to do it. And I think you guys have always been testing different tactics, different shows, different mediums and channels. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you've gone about, uh, I mean, what you're paying attention to from an analytics perspective in order to improve the actual strategy? So whether it's different like general KPIs and really just how you're developing that into a workflow to continue making strong decisions that will enable you to grow the community faster. Yeah, absolutely. And it all comes down to uh, your end goal. So when we first launched Impact Theory back in January 2017, I think I joined in April, our whole goal was community growth. So all I did was focus on community growth. Now, four years later, that's changed. Now we're focused on increasing revenue so we can keep a self-sustaining machine. So when when we look at metrics we want to track, we want to make sure it's overall funneling into the goal that we establish. So uh, for example, for creating a community, I would every single week I would track what was work what what our growth was on YouTube for our subscribers, our followers on Facebook, followers on Instagram, and all the different social networks that we had. And I track every single week how we were doing uh, the relative percent growth of each channel. And I would put it on an Excel sheet, and then we would see sort of spikes in the growth. And if you map it out on a chart, and then you kind of correlate those big spikes in YouTube and big spikes in Instagram, and kind of look backwards and say, okay, we spiked this week compared to our average. What was different that we did this week or what type of content, what person did we bring on that actually was different and resonated with an audience that was this week? Uh, Yeah. So we look at kind of the spikes and dips, what didn't work, what doesn't work. So it's always just keeping an eye on the data. Like data drives decisions. And my that's my job at Impact Theory now is basically going through all the data for all of our different initiatives on the comics, on the show side and seeing what is working, what's not working, inform decisions and pivot from those metrics. That's awesome. So when it comes to how that has, uh, can you speak to maybe a couple of different like specific insights that you've gleaned throughout the years and how they've ended up manifesting into kind of a bit of a strategic uh, iteration? Yeah. So one of our shows, Health Theory, we launched a few years ago. It was a monthly show at one point. So we'd release it once a month and we wanted to see what hit 
what didn't. And we found that a lot of people were really interested in the health sort of content. So now we ran it bi-weekly. And we have a new show, Conversations with Tom, which is more of a long-form interview style that Tom does. We released that like once a month at one point, and then we saw that we got traction. So we started releasing it more and more and more. So it's looking at what's working and testing the waters, not being afraid if something doesn't work. We've released shows called uh, Relationship Theory in the past. We put on Tom's channel. We tested that out for a while and it didn't work. So we canned it, but uh, it was all just a test and repeat process, not being afraid to accept defeat and not pushing it through. You see what resonates, you see what doesn't, and then you pivot from there for what's best for the company at the time. Yeah, I guess to that end, like, how do you, how are you assessing, you know, like which channels are most valuable at that specific point in time versus future channels? Uh, you know, what types of content you're going to put out there in order to create that value that the community is looking for? Yeah. So uh, YouTube is kind of our main channel for most of the content we put out. We have a whole production side of our company where we have professional producers for shows and TV, and we have talent bookers who are in the old TV space. So our background for a lot of what we produce is in the like production TV side. So we always hold ourselves to a high standard when it comes to filming. I think that's what really set us apart was the production value that we brought. So we really wanted a visual medium that was able to reach a bunch of people and also show that we have a beautiful aesthetic show that's professionally made and you'll get top of the line interviews. We just found that YouTube was the number one channel for that. But if you have a different business, I would recommend seeing which different uh, platform would be best for you. Some people, it could be Instagram, Facebook. I don't know anymore what's going on with that platform, but uh, it just depends on what we're doing. And we decided that YouTube was our main focus. Mm-hmm. Nothing on uh, nothing on TikTok or anything like that. I know a lot of Gen Z tends to be, uh, you know, uh, life hackers and you know self improvers. Yeah, I mean, our main brand is Tom at the point, and Tom's you know in his mid forties, and you know Gary V obviously crushes it. But we have a limited team on the marketing standpoint. We only have twenty five people total, so adding someone into TikTok, it was kind of like fitting a round peg in a square hole. It was like we got to put out content at TikTok. So we cut clips up. Some of them did well, some didn't, but uh, we just couldn't justify putting time to TikTok if we really wanted to. And uh, it just wasn't the right fit for Tom at the moment. But I can see the marketing out point for sure, but it just wasn't right for Tom. Right. When it comes to, um, when it comes to the kind of, I know you mentioned that you've been leaning very heavily into production value and that's become a differentiator for a lot of different content series. I know with COVID, a lot of in-person shows had to pivot to recording remotely. And I know you guys did the same where a lot of the content that was being created was actually interviews and conversations hosted over Zoom. And it seems like you guys have slowly started to get back into recording uh, where the guests are actually coming into the studio. Do you feel like this has become a catalyst, the fact that people have kind of pivoted amongst COVID. Um, Do you think that over time, it will still be a very valuable differentiator for you guys to go the high production route? Or do you think consumers are now a bit more conditioned to accept slightly lower production? Very, very good question. We eventually do want to get back to in-person production, but obviously with we have to do COVID tests and whatnot. But it was interesting to see the difference uh, in our uh, views and impressions and watch time that we would get from when COVID started to where we are now. It totally evened the playing field for a lot of different creators and a lot of different guests to go on different shows. So we would get certain guests that were releasing a book to come on our show and they would 
only exclusively do two or three interviews in person. And that was it. So we had that sort of exclusivity factor of having the high production value, the in-person interview that only we could get. But now these creators are releasing books and they're going on 10 different podcasts. You can easily do it from their house. So totally leveled the playing field. So our so Tom's a great interviewer, one. So that's a big value proposition right there. But uh, we eventually do want to get back into production house because we do know that the professionalism of the show is what sets us apart and Tom's interview style. So having that kind of value stack on top of each other is what we really want to get back to. And we think that we're getting close to there soon. Cool. So you talked a lot about, you know, earlier about how, you know, the initial goal for the organization was to build community by driving, you know, creating a lot of value for, for the individuals. But now your goals are, you know, more focused on generating revenue. So I guess like my question would be, how do you intentionally nurture and engage your community um, you know, that, that kind of connection with Tom when the goal is to drive revenue growth now as opposed to necessarily being hyper-focused on value and, and just broader community growth goals. Yeah, so we definitely do still focus on community growth and we also focus on revenue. So they're both, you know, relatively the same. We'll never slide less than middle between value growth. So we'll never go like negative value. So we'll always have some sort of value add to whatever we do. And now we're focused on monetized views for YouTube. So how can we increase monetized views, get the click-through rate up, go to a different audience. We also released Impact Theory University, which is a catered university class where Tom teaches directly to you all different aspects of mindset and business. We have a mindset track to build your mindset and we have a business track to sort of build your business direct from Tom. So it's a subscription-based model. And it's something that is an extra step from what you get from the free content. So you can watch Tom's AMAs from a few years ago. and It'll answer some of the questions that are on uh, the business track, but the business track takes it a step deeper and it goes into the nitty gritty. So we're adding value, but we're also paywalling it to get that little extra tip and which is, Tom's time is very valuable, so we don't feel gross at all for asking for a sort of month-to-month uh, -month plan. But uh, that's one way we're really trying to increase revenue while also adding value is uh, doing the university and also just keeping the interviews going as long as they're adding value and increasing monetized views. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, you know, like being a new, you know, Walt Disney, Disney World, or whatever it is. Uh, but I guess, like, do you guys have you guys done one of those maps? You know, have you seen that like OG? Uh, back of the napkin map, map that Walt Disney pulled together for uh, all the different business models. And uh, I guess to that end, like, to what extent would you be IRL? You know, it sounds like a lot of what, what's going on is like content generation and um, to a certain extent, virtual learning. But uh, is there kind of a physical presence that is going to be created from, uh, you know, kind of like the future model, you know, whatever the future is for here? Yeah. So the other half of the company, besides the nonfiction side, is the fiction side. So we have a whole comic book line already lined up and printed and set. So in 2018, we launched a comic book called Neon Future with Steve Aoki, and we partnered with him to create this comic book. So he helped produce it, and Tom helped write it. We had a bunch of writers. We have in-house artists. So we have our full first issue, our first volume out for Neon Future in the ether. We're on Webtoons, which is a comic online comic site where you scroll and read comics. So we're slowly getting into the narrative market where we have like four or five different projects in the works. And the whole goal is to eventually create those into shows, TV, anime, movies. So we're already hard at work with that side. And like half of our company is basically funding the comic side so we can actually start building this division. And the revenue makers right now are the 
uh, nonfiction sides, which is the interviews impact the university. And that money is funding directly into the fiction side. And we just need to get big enough to where we can start having 20 projects at a time and start scaling. And that's when it gets really interesting. Personally, very excited. And I think too, just the, the mission itself is a very unique grand scale approach at facilitating mindset shifts by using storytelling and taking a, I mean, there's Tom puts out like incredible personal development content, but I think the, the big, like the 98% you mentioned where it's like this broader people that might not be explicitly searching and consuming personal development related content are still very much deeply in tune to um, lots of fictional content. So being able to kind of, uh, sneak in through the back door and through their minds that way is, is powerful and uh, very impactful. Um, exactly. With that said, I think nurturing community, We're, here we are, Brand Community Podcast. I think Tom, is, I mean, you guys have definitely built a, a massive community and you spoke about a couple of the tactics on the, the community growth front. One thing that's really interesting to me too is the kind of facilitating uh, conversation amongst the community. So it's not just this megaphone. And I know Tom is taking the time to engage and reply to people. But when it comes to creating a a bit of a community between fans and other fans, um, can you talk a little bit about how you've tried to enable and empower that to happen? Yeah. So we had an initial Facebook group we launched back a few years ago called Impact Theory League, where it was just people who are fans of Tom's interviews and Tom's AMAs, and they'd all go to the page to talk about what their favorite interview was, what books you recommend. And that kind of spiraled off into people hosting their own meetups. So we had sort of meetups in Canada, meetups in Kansas, meetups in LA, and people would you know, come and talk about the content and how it impacted them. And it was very organic. We did have a member, I don't know if you remember Cindy, but she was very much the head of that sort of uh, front. And uh, we didn't nurture it, you know, to the extent to where we like said, go out to and start these different uh, groups. But they, people were such fans of the content we were giving out that they started on their own. And Tom, again, would just keep adding value. He would do in-person sort of events. So we would do an event in LA, he'd, wherever he was traveling in New York, he'd do an event in New York and you know, hundreds of people would come out. And at the very end of the talks, he would stand outside and answer all the questions for anyone who asked. So people would stand around him. And I think at one point he was out there for 11 hours answering questions from anyone and everyone who would ask. And people were just so blown away by, again, the value that Tom was giving, the time that he was able to give that uh, people were just, they knew that Tom was a real deal after that. So along with online presence, as well as just in-person presence, like Tom has been in the team have really done a great job at you know, having some sort of community base. Even in Bacteria University is a very good community aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Our biggest value adds are our Facebook pages where members can go in and chat about the lessons they've learned, the problems they're having in their business, the struggles they're having with not sticking to their morning routine. So a lot of the value comes from sort of the in-person community or not in-person, but online community that people end up fostering themselves. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I think it's super powerful and just creating that support system and accountability too. Uh, I'm sure that plays a big role into the impact that you're creating. When it comes to, uh, I do want to double back on, I mean, you kind of mentioned when it comes to growing the community, a large part of the focus was really on just creating value, valuable content. You kind of mentioned like that 80% of the focus and and results will really come right there. when it comes to some of these other like distribution tax, like uh, uh, tactics, assume that a brand or a thought leader is dialed in on valuable content, which is obviously easier said than done. 
but just for the sake of this conversation, let's assume that's been sorted. What, um, what are some of the other distribution tactics that you've kind of dialed into uh, that you feel really help ensure that the value you're creating sees its way into uh, your target audience? Great question. Yeah, uh, being consistent is another one that I just didn't mention because I didn't think of it at the time. But consistency is, is huge. So when we look back on where we were a few years ago with growing our Instagram audience, for example, we were maybe at like 50,000 and now we're at you know roughly 2 million. And you know, it looks like we kind of came out of nowhere, but it was just an over, it was over a period of a few years, just being uber consistent with posting, doing different shout outs with different pages that were into our content and then we were into there. So shout outs definitely helped us being consistent with posting. People can rely on us for their morning kick of dopamine from the motivation hits that Tom would put it out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, being consistent with the content and also partnering with other pages that share your same ethos. I think that if you can find people in your community who are similar and in a bigger audience, adding value to them by saying, Hey, can you like share this post? I'll share yours kind of thing. Like that seems to work really well in the social space. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, I think everything you guys are up to, uh, it's, it's been exciting to see the continued growth and success. And I, I know it's still in the, the grand uh, spectrum of what you guys are working to accomplish still in the very early nascent stages. So excited to see it continue to develop. And uh, I'm a believer, man. I'm rooting for you guys. So keep it up. Thanks, Sam. You've been there since day one. So I hope you know you're a part of this growth as well. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Wait, wait, we've got, we've got that last question that we always like to ask. Uh Uh-oh, sneak it in, Chris. (laughs) We're going to blindside you real quick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we ask everybody this, but if you were to start a new company right now, perhaps it's a D2C company from scratch, what would it be? Uh, And how would you go about building that community around that? If you had a hundred K budget, hundred K like media budget, budget. general investment budget outside of like investing into the product. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, a buddy and I were talking about this recently, like kind of like what business we want to start. And uh, we actually had an idea for an olive oil business. So we mm-hmm. kind of, it's so random, but it's like definitely like a directing consumer kind of thing. Uh, olive oil, like my friend from Greece, he, uh, well, he's not from Greece, but his family's from Greece. And he knows like these olive fields are like, okay, we can go direct to the source, get the olives. We know how to market. So we can potentially have some sort of D to C brand with how great olive oil is. And even all the health experts on impact theory and health theory talk about like the whole point of food is to get olive oil in your mouth. So it's just a, it's a healthy <laughs> sort of uh, product. And I love olive oil. He's Greek. He likes olive oil. He knows people who have olive oil fields are like, this would be a match made in heaven. But you know, if I had hundred K, I'd definitely try to tap into that market for sure. I think that'd be kind of fun. And how would you go about allocating the, like the hundred K marketing budget? How would you allocate that in order to really try and get the, the business from zero to a hundred real quick? Oh God. Let's see. So like, first I would definitely try to see if I can get some uh, big brands on board, like go to see if I can go to like Costco, but obviously that's like, you know, not going to work. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go to the boutique stores around here in LA to see if they would start selling it first. So mm-hmm. I would try to get in their door as well. Uh, she's selling a health product. Like Tom and Lisa built Quest Nutrition. So I, I think I would just definitely try to follow what they do, which is basically building a community that people are rabid fans of. So mm-hmm. uh, doing a way to doing exactly what I said here, adding value, getting people who talk about doing a podcast that talks about how great olive oil is and how you should use it, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously it. it's not thought through, but so now, <laughs> sign, sign me That's up, man. I'm down. I'm Olive down. oil podcast. I'm telling you, it's going to be yeah. a thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let, let, let me know when it's ready, bro. 
Well, Chase, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, really grateful to have had you and keep up the good work, man. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Until next time. See ya. Man, well, that was good. What do you think, Chris? I mean, <laughs> what brand isn't into TikTok these days, right? That was, that was shocking. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it, what's not shocking is that it's good prioritization. I, I mean, that, on the flip side, like what brand has as astronomical growth as impact theory does on YouTube? Not as many. And I think that's a result of ruthless fo- focus and, and testing on that platform and, and optimization. I know the thumbnails, the titles have gone through tons of different tests. Um, and here we are today with the, the, the massive growth that they've had. So I was super grateful that Chase was able to peel the curtains back a bit and talk about some of those tactics. What stood out to you? Totally. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the, the the dichotomy that they're creating between fiction and nonfiction, I think, is really interesting. I think that the approach, the kind of like Disney, Walt Disney approach that they're taking to the brand is, is incredibly fascinating. It's obviously a big chunk to bite off, but I think that if you do it the right way, you can create a really compelling, um, just, you know, obviously community, but uh, really just powerful, um, you know, overarching message that can just you know, really help inspire people and, uh, and do it in, in, at multiple touch points. Totally. Well, really appreciate you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We've got a lot of awesome guests lined up and really appreciate your support. So until next time, we out. <laughs>